What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Guarani Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Roberto Rojas, and joining me as always are my two great co-hosts, Ralph Hanna and Maria Britos. And guys, at the time of recording, today is the day, the start of a new Premier League season, the 31st Premier League season uh, in its existence. And obviously, as we've been doing over our last two episodes, we're going to dive into what our Paraguayan players will be doing this season and what better way to have been able to speak about maybe the most important Paraguayan player, not just playing in the Premier League, but I think on the team so far in Miguel Amaron of Newcastle with our very special guest, Chris Wade from The Athletic. But before we get to Chris here and dive into our discussion, let me get my two co-hosts in here. Ralph, I mean, obviously you are an Arsenal fan. Obviously, we were talking just before the show of how pessimistic you might be, as a lot of Arsenal fans typically are, uh, especially before their game against Crystal Palace. But besides the whole gunner pessimism and all that, I think we have to feel a bit optimistic from a Jordi standpoint because, you know, obviously this is a new look Newcastle and especially with our Paraguayan representative in in Miggy. I mean, there is a way to feel a bit hopeful out of all the Paraguayan players that are playing in the Premier League this season. Yeah, thanks, Roberto. I came with my black and white. I tried to find something black and white for this, which for for Chris's um, benefit in, in Paraguay, that can be very controversial because it's Olympia and one of the the biggest teams there. And, and of course, Almiron came through Cerro. He came through their, their arch rival. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really an exciting season, I think, for Newcastle and for, for Almiron, as I guess we'll get into it, because we thought he was going to be a bit of a fringe player. He seemed to kind of get his way back into the team and back into Eddie House favour. So I think of, of the three players, well, now Ojeda has, of course, gone off on loan to, to the MLS since the last time we... We spoke about him. So of the two players in, in the Premier League, I think, of course, Almiron's going to get more game game time than in CISO this, this year, at least. So he's and he's the, the player that we've all been hoping for, for the national team that can that can also be kind of sparking them into life and, and trying to trying to get them into World Cup qualification. And, and he's still got time left. I'm sure he'll be involved in the, in the next cycle as well. So definitely. Definitely the the kind of the key man, I think, when we when we think about Paraguayan football right now. Absolutely. And I think this is going to be very much a, a a season that I think a lot of eyes will be on Miggy, especially with this new look, Newcastle. And Maria, I'll go to you on this one because I think, you know, this has been a player that's kind of divided opinion, not just in Newcastle, but I think in Paraguay as a whole, as you know, what Ralph said, you know, he isn't becoming the player that we expected to be on the national team. But ironically so, as we've seen over the last few months, including the friendlies that he played for Paraguay and, of course, for Newcastle, he's been quite on form, actually, you know, scoring a couple goals, providing a couple assists. He's been basically playing very much well under Guillermo Barsquelotto on the national team and then under Eddie Howe for Newcastle. So you would think that maybe this season could indeed be different and we can finally see the Almiron that we've been waiting for for quite some time. Yes, that's true. Um, hey guys, uh, good morning here and good afternoon over there <laughs> to Chris. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, I think, uh, a much better, um, well, in my opinion, I think it's going to be a much better season for Miggy. He looks like he's doing a much better job training, um, you know, getting ready for this new season. And I think this is um, that's his only option, you know. Um, he's been uh, kind of like in the backstage uh, all this time, trying to get that, uh, you know, that starting um, position for, for, for Newcastle. And he's just, he hasn't been able to get that chance, you know. He's, 
I, I think that he understands that this is his chance now to to really put show what he's really worth, what he did in uh, Atlanta United, and what we know that he's capable of. So yeah, and and um, that's gonna be one of my questions for Chris later on. Uh, so I'm. I'm ready to get this started. <laughs> Absolutely. And here we have Chris here. And, and before we get, obviously, into this discussion with Miggy, obviously, we like to introduce our guest and, and get a little bit of a background about, you know, their kind of connection with Newcastle. So, you know, obviously, for lack of better words, uh, Chris, I mean, what is your connection with Newcastle? And, you know, I guess to start off here, what are your expectations for Newcastle this season? And really, what is a new look Newcastle under new ownership? Obviously, the first full season under new ownership and the first new season um, under Eddie Howe. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, guys. I am um, uh, I was born and raised in, in Newcastle, so I've lived here most of my life other than going away for university and to work. And then I've covered the club professionally since 2015. So first I did it for the Chronicle and Journal, local newspapers, and since the Athletic launched in the UK in 2019, I've been the, the Newcastle United correspondent there. In terms of this season and expectations, I think that a lot of fans are very excited and very much looking forward to a campaign where for the first time in probably 15 years, they don't fear relegation immediately going into it. Hopefully those fears, uh, the, the, it's not misplaced that that fear is gone and that they are able to push on from here. But there is still a little bit of a disconnect, I think, externally as to what this Newcastle project is and, and how people perceive it to be in terms of Eddie Howe we spoke to this morning and he was clear that FFP remains an issue for Newcastle in terms of financial fair play expenditure they can't just spend their way um, in, order, in order in amount in the short term to get to where they want to be it is going to be a process that they want to get to the very top but because of financial fair play restrictions they can't just do that all in the short term and so I think that progress from last season would be a comfortable top 10 finish have a good go at the Cups maybe an outside chance of getting into Europe but in terms of Newcastle really pushing on and carrying on the top four form which they showed for large parts of, of, the, of the first half of 2022 to lift the themselves out of the relegation zone and further on. I think that was them overperforming and really, given that they haven't actually made any attacking reinforcements yet this summer, I think a comfortable top 10 finishes is really the, a, a realistic game. Thanks, Chris. That was more moderate than I, I expected. I thought you're going all in for, for Europe. And we're actually, speaking of, of Europe, just quickly, we, we only have one Paraguayan representative in UEFA competition at the moment this year, which is um, Blas Riveros in, in Denmark. So I think we're really hoping that, that Newcastle can push on so we get, we see Almiron in there and, and kind of at the higher level of, of competition. Because in terms of when we think about the national team, that's, that's something Paraguay are missing. Um, but going into my first question for you, Almiron can be quite, uh, he's quite a difficult player to, to kind of put in a, in a box, I suppose, in terms of what his position is, because he's, he's very fast. He, when he came through at Cerro, I remember they played him kind of on the left wing. Then as he got more senior, he got more central. But sometimes he seems a bit limited technically to be a 10. Um, and so he ends up getting moved around and used a lot. So I wanted to get your opinion on where, where do you think Eddie has found the best role for him and, and where do you think we'll see him in play this season? 
Yeah, Newcastle, it's been a big question mark as well as to what is what is Almiron's best position. When he first came in, he played in a front three under Rafa Benitez where he was sort of the... It was a front three, but it was almost like having two number 10s just behind Salomon Rondon. So it was him and Jose Perez playing just off and he had a bit of a free roll and he performed very well. He didn't score, get the assists, but really he gave Newcastle a new attack and dimension. Then when Steve Bruce came in, he was shifted a lot, played a lot on the right, which he hadn't done that much previously, out as an out-and-out winger, really, uh, often in a system where Newcastle was sitting low block and he was the wide, he was one of the wide players alongside Ansat Maxima and he'd get the ball very deep and be expected to carry it upfield. Eddie Howe, uh, sorry, and then also under Bruce, he did play, he probably played his best football under Bruce on the rare occasions Newcastle switched to like a 4-2-3-1 and he played as an out-and-out number 10 and he did look far better. He just didn't get long runs in that position. Eddie Howe hasn't really played with number 10s very much. His system tends to be 4-3-3. Now that's why he's had success anyway at Newcastle and Almiron is more often than not featured on the right. Alan Maximan is the first choice left-sided player. Fraser is probably second choice left-sided player. And then Almiron um, got into the team after Fraser, who had been playing on the right, was injured. And he performed really well towards the end last season, scored one really good goal against Crystal Palace. Um, But what he really excels at and what I think Howe likes from him is the fact that he can lead the press. He's, He's got so much energy that he's very good at harrying the opposition. And I think that we've saw the best of Almiron off the ball towards the end of last season. We didn't necessarily yet see hopefully what he can do with the ball, but you can see why he would be important to what Eddie Howe would want in terms of the way that Howe wants his teams to play. He's a coach who demands a heck of a lot of his players uh, out of possession as a very basic, and Almiron is someone who is, is very, very good at that. And he's, a, he's one of the rare players that Newcastle actually has pace beyond him and Alan St. Maximan. There isn't much pace in the team, and so to have Almiron's pace is a, a huge benefit. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's worth noting he played, of course, under Tata Martino in uh, Atlanta, who's a, who's a kind of a, a disciple of Bielsa. So that, that kind of pressing and off the ball movement, I'm sure he picked up a lot there. Um, just one more question before I, I throw it over to, to Maria is in terms of his personality, he seems, well, we all love him in, in Paraguay and he did have one radio interview where he, he decided to turn on some of the senior players in the national team, which was which was quite surprising. But generally, he's he's a very happy character, always smiling, and he seems to be very well loved, whether he's in the team or not, with with Newcastle fans. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, he's a very very popular player, uh, Almiron. When he came in, it was a point where. It was, it was a huge signing and he made an impact initially. But as a character, I mean, everyone talks about is, is that smile, that infectious smile that that, that, that that Miggy always has, that everyone who sees him. And, and so he really is, uh, the, 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 there's a big connection there that was built really when he when he arrived and, and War Flags had the banner welcoming him in in, uh, in Spanish. And obviously he he uh, was, was very pleased with that. And even though his English isn't brilliant and he doesn't he doesn't do interviews very often in English he usually turns them down because he's still not confident enough in it despite having been at the US before he was here he has built up that real rapport in Newcastle fans I think it's almost because the, his main form of communication with them is to basically just he has this this smile right he smiles at them and it is celebrations during games and and just also that the, the that attitude that he has, that the, the, you can see that he gives everything out, out on the pitch. And although a lot of people will use the cliche, that's a basic requirement. 
in the Premier League, it's, it's not always the case. And if you have a player who you can see is running themselves into the ground for the cause that the Zalmoron does, um, then he will always, he's always be accepted. He's never really complained despite being shifted from position to position. He's not someone who, who ha- seems to have that really arrogant side about him. He seems to be very down to earth. And so, yeah, the, he, he really is uh, a very, very popular among the Newcastle fan base. Well, um, I wanted to, to thank you again, Chris, for allowing us to talk to you today. Um, but uh, fun fact about uh, Paraguayans, I think um, we are very well known for our, I guess, big smile, big uh, uh, being friendly all the time, um, just being an overall um, great people, I think. Um, so I guess that's where uh, Amiron gets it from, and that's why he's uh, very well loved. And I think that's great for him, um, the fact that, you know, he still still has the fans on his hands, you know, uh, being able to, even though he doesn't communicate as much as you, uh, as much as you say, he still is very well loved in the club, and I think that's very important for his future. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you know, the, there was an interview recently with um, with uh, Almiron, and he, you know, he was talking about the um, the confidence that he feels now, especially now in preseason. He had a few great games, scored in a lot of them, and he thanked, uh, you know, his coach uh, um, Eddie Howe for for the confidence that he's been putting on him, and and that has been helping him to become a better player. Um, why do you think that is? Um, what do you think Eddie Howe sees in, in, in Almiron now that other coaches didn't? Yeah, it's a very good question. And I think that part of it is giving Almiron a very specific role. When he first came in with, with Rafa Benitez, as I said earlier, he had, a, he had a defined role. He was part of a front three and it was clear what was being asked of him. He was the one who had to break in behind and basically stretch the opposition defence and create space for, for the opposition also off the ball. He had a very specific role. I think under the previous manager, Steve Bruce, it's fair to say that there wasn't quite as defined a, a, a role in exactly what was expected of Miguel Almiron in terms of where he was expected to be off the ball, what it was he was he was meant to contribute to the team. And he, he strikes me as a player, and this is also based on having spoken to people uh, at Newcastle or elsewhere about him, that, that he, he likes to have that sort of clear direction of what he is being asked to do. What is, what is my role in the team? What exactly am I bringing? And Eddie Howe and his coaching staff or sticklers for detail, they want to impart that specific information. They ask very specific things of, of, of players. And when Almiron's been in the team, how is stressed to him? Don't worry too much about, about the numbers. Obviously, he wants them to score and assist. But actually, if you do the very basics in terms of what I want, in terms of pressing, in terms of being in these positions, making sure you're here when we have the ball, making sure you're getting in around the box, making sure you're getting on the right-hand side, that that will follow. And so rather than saying to him, I need you to score five, 10 goals, it's, it's, this, is, this is the plan. This is how we get to that stage of the plan as well. And, and this is how you fit into it. And I think that he's embraced that. He really likes it. As I say, his pace, Newcastle and a lot of other Newcastle players don't have as much pace um, as Almiron and also his ability to press. So I think they're the main reasons he's, 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 he's received that confidence. Uh, the goals haven't yet followed. They haven't preseason. He's had an extremely impressive preseason, six goals. 
But to translate that into the Premier League is still a big step up. And he hasn't yet been able to do it during his time in Newcastle to regularly score, to regularly assist. As I mentioned earlier, there are mitigating factors for that. But I still think it'll be, for him to take that step up, that's that's a big step up for, for him, having only scored once last season, to really replicate that form. I hope he can do it. And there's so many Newcastle fans are willing him on to do it. But... The, the real concern, I think, for Newcastle, where they are short beyond Callum Wilson going into the season, r- remains goals. And if there was one position that I expected Newcastle to strengthen, I think Eddie Howe expected to strengthen this summer, it probably was that right-wing position, and they haven't yet done that. And that's why Almiron may well get the chance to prove that he can translate that form into the start of the Premier League season. Um, and still speaking about the future, um you know, last season, I think that there was a lot of strong rumors of, you know, Amiron leaving to another club. There was a lot of um, uh, talk of him, you know, not being uh, happy there. But um, what do you do you think, you know, obviously we want him to stay, but do you think that in the possible in the future, he has a chance of, of leaving somewhere else and um, do you think, you know, at, at this time he's, he seems very happy there, but, you know, anything can change and sometimes money speaks, but, um, you know, what, what do you think his future could be like in the next few, few, few seasons? There has been doubt over Almiron's future at Newcastle. And I think that if they had signed more attacking reinforcement, reinforcements by now this summer, then there would have been even bigger question marks. But those players haven't yet arrived. Almiron has taken his chance in, in pre-season. And so I would be surprised if he doesn't start on the right-hand side against Nottingham Forest. As I say, there are characteristics that how he likes him. And I think as, as, as even if he wasn't always going to be a starter going forward, I think the ability to now Newcastle and other Premier League teams can have five players who come on off the bench. If you can bring on someone with Almiron's, Almiron's pace and ability to press late in matches, that will be important. Um, but given the age that he's at, he's now in his late 20s. Uh, in terms of his actual status within the squad, I think that it's a very important few months for Almiron to really prove that he, he should be part of it going forward because, uh, as I say, in the pre- under the previous manager, I think there was a decent chance he would have left. I don't think he was particularly happy with what Newcastle was and also with how he was being used and where he was playing. That has changed under Eddie Howe, but Newcastle as a club are trying to to, to, to progress. They're trying to move on and, and Almiron has to show he can be part of that. He has a high release clause, which is part of the reason why um, I don't think that really any club out there was gonna, was ever going to get close to matching that. And I, and I think that some of the noise around him potentially leaving hasn't quite matched the reality because Newcastle will want their money back if they do sell Miguel Almiron. And, and the likelihood is he would probably go abroad somewhere else in Europe if he did leave. And the Premier League has such a higher financial uh, capacity than a lot of the clubs. Can, can other clubs afford him? Can clubs in Spain, where I think he'd ideally like to go afford him? In the short term, I think probably not. But it, as I say, I think the next three or four months are very, very important for, for, for Almiron to prove that he should stay at Newcastle United longer than he deserves a place than longer than maybe just the first six months or, or next season even. And certainly this is obviously going to be a very important next three, four months, not just for Mickey, but also for, for Newcastle. Just looking ahead at their schedule, obviously they will open uh, tomorrow at the time of recording against Nottingham Forest before taking on another Paraguayan on this team in Brighton Hove Albion before taking on Man City, Wolves, and Liverpool to match up the first five matches in August. So just more of, of a question in terms of 
expectations again for Newcastle because I think you know I, I think a lot of us really are going to be expecting on this Newcastle side especially with a lot of changes being made you know with now this this kind of financial surplus with the new ownership obviously with Eddie House kind of plan and and you know really uh what he wants to view as success for Newcastle so I just want your thoughts on you know maybe for those who have been following Newcastle from Paraguay who have been able to see Miggy play for the I think 100 times or something like that 110 games for Newcastle so far which is incredible he is the the player with the most uh, appearances on a Premier League team so just you know your overall thoughts on really what to expect from this Newcastle side from from a fan standpoint for those maybe that have been used to seeing uh, them and just you know for Mickey's case what would you view as success uh, for him for this season? Yeah, well, I think with Newcastle in general, you are going to see a team who's probably going to have more of the ball than they have done in recent seasons. I don't think they're necessarily going to dominate possession every week, but they want to be a side who, rather than almost wanting to have far less of the ball in the opposition and just get them on the counter, I think they want to mix it up a little bit. And certainly at St. James's, have a bit more possession, play with a higher defensive line, play it out through the lines and from the back. And so that is really what, what Howe wants to impart in terms of his his philosophy on the team. He came in in November last year as head coach. The priority was in keeping Newcastle up. They didn't have this has been his first preseason where he's been able to impart those ideas. And I think that you will see evolution in the way that they play. How that affects Almiron, I think he has to chip in with more goals. A successful season in my view, would see him maybe reach double figures for goals and assists combined. That That is a minimum, really, because beyond Callum Wilson and to, to a lesser extent, Alan St. Maximan, Newcastle don't have enough goals in this team. Almiron has shown in the past, uh, in, in MLS certainly, that he can provide that. At Newcastle, he's flattered to deceive at times. He hasn't quite taken his opportunity, and in front of goal, he hasn't always looked particularly confident. In preseason, he's looked very confident. So, if he can carry some of that in, into the into the season, and given that I think certainly at home matches, Newcastle will create opportunities, I think that he has the chance to 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 really actually make this the season where it was he, he produces the numbers everyone expected him to when he first came in. Because quite often his performances and his numbers haven't quite married up over maybe his last season until the last couple of months of the season he didn't quite perform. Whereas this year. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that, that that there is a chance of that. I, I've, I didn't, I controversially didn't select him in my starting eleven for the start of the season, which I'm sure everyone listening to this will be very angry at, but I didn't. And part of my reason for that is that he hasn't produced yet for Newcastle. He has in pre-season, and I want nothing more than Miguel Almiron to start tomorrow's score and completely prove me wrong, and then go on a run because. Uh, he has all of the component parts to be a success. It just hasn't really quite added up with the numbers yet. And yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us are going to be expecting on this Newcastle side and really are hopeful, I would say, Chris, because, you know, this is a side that many people are predicting could indeed fight for those European spots, could indeed be a side that people are sleeping on, you know, like what we say, uh, uh, a sleeper picker or a dark horse really to make those European sides. But, you know, it's obviously the first day of the Premier League season. You know, we, we're, we're big fans of doing predictions on this show and I love always doing it. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat now, Chris. Where do you feel as if Newcastle will finish this season? Very difficult question to answer, but I'm going to go for, I think about ninth, eighth or ninth is where I think there can be. I do think there will be top 10 I don't quite think they're ready yet to break into the sort of top six, maybe even seven, but I think that they will put themselves in the conversations for those very lower European 
positions. Uh, if they added a forward between now and the end of the window, I think they'd give themselves a better chance just in terms of goals. But yeah, I do think that that that, that given the progress on Eddie Howe so far and given the solidity of their defence, yeah, I'm going to go ninth. I think that would be a respectable case for Newcastle. I think, obviously, for a lot of fans who have been accustomed to seeing Newcastle fighting into those relegation spots, heading into a top table finish would be exceeding expectations. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens to Newcastle and what happens to Mickey as we hope that, you know, as kind of the, the, the main flag, flag bearer for the national team and, and really representing all Paraguayans across the, the world, that he's able to show his best football playing in the best league in the world so chris thank you again for coming on it was a real pleasure for you to talk about me and to talk about newcastle as we wrap up another great episode of guarani vision for myself roberto rojas ralph Hanna, and maria britos thank you so much for listening in see you soon